Good afternoon, producer Susan. Are you warm enough for you? Oh my gosh, this weekend was unbearable. <laughs> was it the, the real feel was 108 degrees? That was a feels like temperature. Yeah. <laughs> you get some of the torrential rains we've had here in Jersey. With oh cars. yeah, Friday was Friday was uh, pretty horrific. About uh, two hours ago here in New Jersey, middle of the afternoon, a spot thunderstorm dropped six inches of rain in 45 minutes. Wow. And, and now we didn't get a drop of rain where I am. 30 miles away, there were cars literally floating down the street. It was wow. just, just amazing. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we got a lot. As usual, we have a lot to talk about. Got some fun stuff to talk about. Um, so let me give you a quick rundown of what I hope to get in today. Anyway, today is uh, July 18th, uh, which it's two weeks after the fourth, after Independence Day. Um, our quote of the week is from Nobel Award-winning economist, the late Milton Friedman, and I've and I've included a part of his, a brief part of this quote, longer quote, in one of my earlier podcasts. But today, I want to give you the whole quote on what causes inflation. In a, in what is both our stupidest and saddest thing that I've heard all week, we'll bring you another video of people being asked very simple questions about the United States and how they are unable to answer it. And these are people who vote. They, they pick our next president. In our runner-up category, we'll tell you how our climate czar, John, uh, the late uh, Senator, former Senator John Kerry, responded when asked about his use of private jets to fly to climate conferences around the world. We'll tell you about a country in Europe that is getting ready to throw away millions of doses of unused COVID vaccine, why they are throwing them away, and how much they paid for those doses that are going to wind up in a dumpster. We'll tell you where you can find the world's fastest roller coaster and how fast it goes. We'll tell you how a dog helped capture an escaped prisoner in Pennsylvania who had been on the run for 10 days. We'll share with you an incident from the New York from New York City that illustrates just how pointless the decision to declare um, the Times Square district to be a gun-free zone was. We'll tell you about a story of New Mexico about a, a police officer getting shot in the face with a shotgun that was fired by a, want, a wanted felon. Uh, and it was a story that got no national media coverage and how local prosecutors and judges contributed to this tragic incident. And finally, well, and we'll tell you about the an interesting gender composition of the 20 of the teams from 20 countries that recently competed in the International Mathematics Olympiad. And finally, our taxpayer relief shot is from Waco, Texas, where at three o'clock in the morning, a man sleeping in a hotel shoots and kills a man who was attacking three women in the hallway outside of his room. You think we can fill 30 minutes? Uh, that's an awful lot of material to cover. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Here's our quote from um, the late Milton Friedman, again, uh, Nobel award-winning economist. Uh, and this is the long version. Uh, but I think, you know, an inflation is still on us. You know, wages for 28 months uh, have not have not kept up with inflation, which means your paycheck today, even if you even if you've got uh, even if you've had a 12% a, a increase in your paycheck in the past 28 months, your paycheck today, even with a 12% increase, is still buying less than it was 28 months ago. So here we go. Milton Friedman. Inflation is made by government and no one else. Of course, no government likes to accept that responsibility, responsibility for its own defects. So governments, of course, blame greedy businessmen, grasping trade unionists, and spendthrift consumers. No doubt that businessmen are greedy, no doubt trade unionists are grasping, and everyone knows that housewives are spendthrifts, but neither the, greeting, the greedy businessmen nor the grasping trade unionists nor the spendthrift housewives 
produce inflation. The reason they do not produce inflation is that is because none of them has access to printing presses on which they can turn out those lovely or uh, those lovely or some people think not so lovely pieces of green paper with which you purchase your goods and services. Not one of them has the authority to create deposits at the central bank or the Bank of England, which other banks can use to meet their obli their obligations. Only government has a monopoly on, on the printing presses. Only government has the authority to create deposits in central banks, uh, which are the ultimate deposits. Inflation, and here's a, the takeaway, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. It is the result of a greater increase in the quantity of money than in the output of goods and services which are available for purchase. So anything you want to argue with or what do you think? No, I, I agree with that. So it comes down to too much money chasing too few goods and services, and government is the one that controls how much money there is in the economy. And by the way, what the Federal Reserve is doing, by the way, with the cranking up interest rates is they're literally trying to take money back out of the economy. Um, during the COVID crisis, the U.S. government pumped $5.7 of unbudgeted emergency COVID relief spending into the economy. The printing presses were running night and day, $5.7 And here's something ironic. Remember getting your $1,400 um, COVID relief stimulus check? Yes. Uh, do you know how much more you've been, the average consumer has been spending a month in the past uh, past 28 months as a result of inflation? Uh, considerably. I know it's it's tough going to the grocery store these days. Well, the, the estimate is roughly $100 a week or for $425 yeah. a month, which means that that $1,400 stimulus check you got has, has cost you over $6,000 so far Yeah. in inflation. So you got a $1,400 check, it cost you $6,000. Such a deal, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'd like to dwell on that and talk about more about inflation and how government causes it. But uh, government has to stop spending, which is why, by the way, the Inflation Reduction Act is just, you know, throwing gasoline on the fire. We, uh, you know, Biden likes to brag how many jobs it's going to create. Do you know how many open, unfilled jobs this country currently has right now? Uh, a lot. Yeah, um, every story you go um, into in my town's hiring. Almost 10 million, which means yeah. that there are more than two open, unfilled jobs for every job seeker. And do you know what the current average hourly wage in this country is? And when I say hourly, I'm talking excluding salaried supervisors, managers, and owners. Do you know what the it's average hourly 15. wage in this I country say is? Right? Over $15 an hour. Try $33.58 yes. as of June. You can look that up in the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Just Google BLS table B-3, and you will see that the average hourly wage in this country as of June is $33.58. Uh, the Walmart near me uh, is is now paying people eighteen fifty an hour to come in at night to put soup cans on shelves. Soup cans which, is, which is twice the minimum wage. Twice the minimum wage. There is, the, you, I don't know of anybody that's hiring at minimum wage because- Everybody would laugh at you if you only offered minimum wage. The only people that are working on a minimum wage, by the way, which is less than 3% of the population, again, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, are people like uh, uh, waiters and cocktail waitresses and casino dealers. And by the way, when I've talked they're to getting some, tips. Their tips easily equal two times to four times their base hourly wage. Mm -hmm. um, and um, as you know, I go to a casino from time to time, and I've asked several different cocktail waitresses, 
how much they make in a in a night uh, on tips. And even on a weeknight, they're they're knocking down two two fifty. And this is net after they you know share with the bartender and the barback. On a Friday or Saturday night in a casino, they're making three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars a night cash mm-hmm. tips in a casino. They said, you know, the the what they get paid, you know, the the base hourly wage is is an insignificant part of their total compensation. So, all right, you want to move on to the stupidest and saddest thing I've heard all week? Yes. We've what is both the stupidest before. and saddest thing? I'm sorry. What is both the stupidest and saddest thing at the same time? These are these are U.S. citizens who vote. And hang on, I've got to wait for this for this ad to end here. Here we go. Hang on, I got to wait for the, got to speed through this. But we've done one of these before. This is where the guy in the street. Remember Jay Leno, jaywalking? Yes. Where he mm-hmm. asked people simple questions and they can't yep. answer. And I think I sent you, you a there? few clips. Re- yep. And I think I've sent you a few clips recently. I'm sorry, I had the sound turned out. So what'd you say, producer Sue? I uh, I sent you a few clips of some pretty uh, stupid on the streets. Uh, and this is one of them. And I want to thank you for sending this. Um, and again, we did one of these before. And here's one. And this is direct from producer Susan. Here we go. There we go. Let me back it up right to here. Stars there are on the U.S. flag. How many stars? Fifty-two. Why does everybody say fifty-two? What state is Utah in? Michigan. Yes. You know what? So let me back that up. The first question is how many stars on the flag, and chances fifty-two. And then the next question he asked asked this young girl who's a voting age, what state is Utah in? Now, obviously, Utah is a state. So here we go. Fifty-two. Why does everybody say fifty-two? What state is Utah in? Michigan? Yes. You know what state Utah is in? Look at it. Utah, I, to be honest with you, I've never heard of that place ever in my life. Hey. I'm under a rock. Can you name three countries besides the USA? I suck at history. I was like, my worst subject. Can we do like science? No, no. Any three. Any three. You know this. A country? Oh, yeah. my geez. This is terrible. Oh, my God. Um, uh, country. Wait, besides the U.S.? Yeah. Uh, ah! I'm sorry, I can't, I can't. Oh, all right, it's I fine. Can't, I can't do this, I can't. Do you know how many dimes there are in the dollar? Make up one dollar. A dime is the 10 cent or the 5 cent? You tell me. <laughs> so, uh, the, the woman, can you name three countries beside the U.S.? Gee, I don't know. That's a tough one, too. Producer Sue, can you name three countries beside the U.S.? Uh, I could probably name 30 countries besides the U.S. <laughs> I've been to 30 countries beside the U.S. Uh, and the other one, Utah, I've never heard of that place. And again, yeah. these are people who vote. You know, I'm starting to think more and more that That's I was... like fifth grade geography. Yeah. Remember that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Yeah, I, I do. By the way, I think people are like 10 years old when they're in fifth grade. Yeah, I mean, this is just so embarrassing. And this is an indictment on our, so by the way, in, in Chicago makes no bones about it. Chicago no longer holds holds people back. They just keep promoting them to the next grade. And that's why more than, uh, I think, 60% of the graduates from Chicago public schools can't read or do basic math at, at grade level. Whatever happened to No Child Left Behind? Uh, well, that's Chicago's version of that. We just keep promoting you till you're, <laughs> till we, we get you out of here. Then you're on, 
then you're basically on your own. So, all right, let's see what else we're going to move on to if we're going to fit this all in here. Oh, the runner-up. So, you know who's, who uh, former Senator John Kerry is, right? Yeah. And uh, he's been appointed by Biden as the U.S. climate czar. And part of that job is he goes to all these climate conferences around the world. He goes to one in Davos, Switzerland. He goes to one in Greenland. And mm-hmm. he's been flying there on private jets. Well, he was testifying before a congressional committee the other day, and he got called out on the hypocrisy of flying to climate conferences where they keep saying we need to reduce CO2 emissions, yet he's flying on a private jet. And so one of the congressmen, I'm not going to play the clip, so one of the congressmen asked him, how do you justify flying to climate conferences where you're urging people to reduce their CO2 emissions when you're flying there on your private jet? And he responded, Congressman, I don't own a private jet. And the congressman says, you don't own a private jet. So are you saying that? And he reads off the tail number and he reads off the, the Gulf, Gulf Stream 5 tail number. That's not your jet. And his answer and his response to the question was the sleaziest thing I've ever heard. That jet isn't mine. It belongs to my wife. <laughs> How sleazy and childish is that? That's not mine. It belongs to my wife. <laughs> and by the way, when he uses his, quote, his wife's jet, um, of course, he bills the government for the you know, for the fuel expenses of that jet because it's government travel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the typical bill out rate on a private jet is $3,000 an hour while it's in the air. And God knows how many whites on the air with the pilot waiting in a hotel room. So, of course, he sends the bill for that private jet travel to uh, his boss, Joe Biden, for approval, because that's it's the government's paying for John Kerry to fly around the world on his wife's private jet, not his private jet. So that was that was my runner up. Do you think it was, it should have been the winner or do you think that should stay the runner up? Um. Yeah, no, I think that the I'm really um, dismayed at the the people who vote in this country, and have never heard of Utah. There needs to be some sort of like basic literacy test. I I always, you know, I I think that everybody, you know, there's a simple ten question citizenship test. You know that, right? If you're an immigrant and you're playing, I think everybody should, and it's a different. I mean, it's ten questions at random, and there's like sixteen different versions of that ten question test. I think everybody who wants to vote should have to fill out, take one of those 10 question tests, which you can do in 60 seconds. Um, and if you can't score at least the 60% on the 10 question, if you can't I, mean, get I actually think some of the, those citizenship tests are, are some of the questions are challenging. And I think some of our immigrants who, to take the test to become citizens, they know more than Americans because they oh, actually study to take that test. I know, I never, I know several people who are naturalized Americans and they are way more knowledgeable than uh, the typical uh, uh, high school graduate, and even many college graduates. All right, you like roller coasters? I do. Um, how many ro- different roller coasters have you been on in your life? Oh, a, a couple dozen at least. What What's the fastest, most scariest roller coaster you can recall being on? Uh, um, oh, mm, probably, I, I can't think of the name of it, but one at maybe Hershey Park. Okay. Um, yeah, you ever watched like on uh, Top Gun? You ever see when they when they catapult the jet off the deck of a uh, off a aircraft carrier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's a roller coaster in Abu Dhabi, which is in the Middle East next to Dubai, that accelerates you from zero 
to 149 miles an hour in just four seconds. Wow. Four, that's faster than when they catapult, when they launch a fighter jet off the deck of an aircraft. Can you imagine going zero to 149 miles an hour in four seconds? Yeah. Um, by the, the way- The faster I can think of, I've been on now, a ride down at, um, oh, I believe it's at like Universal Studios. Uh, it's the like a tower of terror where they basically just drop you straight down. Oof. But that's that's what 9.81 meters per second squared. <laughs> wow. Wow. Have you ever done the roller coaster on top of New York, New York and Las Vegas or on top yeah, of the I've done that one. That, done that's that? a baby roller coaster. That's a baby one. All right. Well, if anybody wants to look um, at that, uh, just Google Abu Dhabi um, roller coaster or it's the Ferrari world in Abu Dhabi. And it's just incredible. There's some videos there, uh, some uh, GoPro videos, and it's just incredible. All right. Uh, Producer Sue, you've got a Labrador Retriever, right? I do. All right. Well, uh, two weeks ago or a week ago, we talked about the prisoner who was being held in county jail awaiting trial. He, the reason he wasn't in prison is that he was he was supposed to stand trial on murder charges. Well, he escaped from the county jail. County jails don't have the the uh, the they're not as secure as a, as a as a state prison. Well, he's been on the run for ten days. Well, it turns out that he was caught and uh, captured because of a a couple's chocolate Labrador. I'm I'm going to try to play this clip here. Let's see if I can play it without a commercial. I forgot to tee this one up. My bad. Uh, and basically, assuming I can get it to play, what you're going to hear is that. This couple lives in a very rural area, and um, and then there's a they've got a huge back lawn, and there's an edge of a wood like 300, 300 yards away, three hundred yards, a thousand feet, and all of a sudden, for no reason, their dog was on the porch. It starts barking at the woods. I mean, three hundred yards. You you you'd have to pick. You'd have to throw a baseball three times to get to the edge of the woods. So the dog starts barking at the woods, and then starts running at the woods. And let's see if I can get this story to play here. Okay. With hopefully there's no ad. Well, unfortunately there is an ad, but we can wait the ad out here in eight yeah, more well, seconds. Yeah, well, while you here wait for go. that, I I did hear the dog uh, got a two thousand dollar reward. Five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. And his owners, Ron and Cindy Eklund. What started as a regular day at home turned into a face-to-face -face interaction with one of the country's most wanted men, Michael Burham. The Ecklins were enjoying an afternoon out on their patio when all of a sudden, Tucker takes off, running deep into their backyard towards a creek, barking the entire way. Tucker usually comes back when called, but he wouldn't listen. So we started driving the golf cart over and Cindy was out walking trying to get the dog. And this guy stands up from behind the bank and I said, what are you doing? He says, camping. Well, no one's camping in my backyard. So I told Cindy to get on the cart. I knew who it was. I mean, you could see the tattoo on his arm. After spotting Burham, the couple immediately went home and called 911. He'd been in the woods for a while. Uh, you know, he didn't have a shirt on at that point. The, the We thought he had shorts on, but obviously he had rolled up the pants that he was wearing and to because he was by the water obviously walking through the water. The Ecklins, still in shock, couldn't believe Burham was in their backyard. I thought he was gone. I never thought he was in the backyard. I thought he was, you know, Pittsburgh or 
you know, way far away from here. Finally, once Burham was captured by police, the Ecklins say the community breathed a sigh of relief. But none of this would have happened if Tucker wouldn't have alerted them that someone was trespassing. For some reason, he just got up and took off running. How did he know someone's 300 yards away that shouldn't be there? I mean, there's been people down there before, and he's never done that. But for some reason, this time, he knew. He took off. The Ecklins say they're proud of the law enforcement agencies who have been working to bring Burham to justice. And they're thankful they have such a special dog in Tucker. And again, there was a $2,000 reward, and the uh, Sheriff's Department has awarded uh, the $2,000 to Tucker the dog. So what Yeah, do you think I, hope they, uh, I hope they buy him some uh, nice treats for that. But uh, when he first escaped, though, um, when he, he first ransacked a, a house in that same area to steal some food and clothes, and there was a little terrier dog um, named Sweepy that, that that horrible man killed, too. Yeah, that's well, you know, a thug is a thug. If he's going to murder people, he's not going to think twice about murdering a dog. All yeah. right. All right. Anyway, last year, a little background. So up until a year ago, New York City, if you wanted a concealed carry permit, they would laugh at you. They say, don't even bother. We don't give those out. Anyway, the Supreme Court in the in the Bruin decision basically said it's unconstitutional to just to not issue qualified people a concealed carry permit if they want one. So New York City, you have to issue concealed carry permits to qualified individuals. So they put up all these roadblocks. You got to, you know, take all these classes. There's only two places in this, you know, the, there's only two places you can take them. It's it's uh, 16, you got to go 16, 16 visits, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, then on top of that, they decided, well, we have sensitive areas so we're going to declare, we're going to call, create a something we call the Times Square District, and we're going to call it a, con, a, a, a gun-free zone. Now, have you been to Times Square? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I've been to Times Square many times. All right, so you can stand in the middle of Times Square, and you can look one block north, one block south, one block east, and that's it, right? You can see all uh, of Times You know, I, I guess, uh, yeah, so Times Square is uh, where... Uh, what Broadway crosses seventh, so from between six and eighth avenues. And I'll be generous, I'll maybe go from north to south, I'll maybe go five blocks on either side because it's you know that cross where you right. know, you've okay, got a lot of so but when you say five blocks, but not the whole, it's not the back of the block, it's just the block you can see the front of, it's the blocks that touch Times Square, right. It's it's the it's the it's the block. Yeah, that, it's yeah, because the... you know, because Times Square is a you know, I'd say it encompasses a couple blocks. Right. Well, but again, it, but it's basically, but it, but the frontage has to be touching Seventh or Broadway. It, yeah. You don't, you don't care about the back of the block that's over on Eighth Avenue, right? That's not considered. No, if you're on, no. If you're on Eighth I, Avenue, I'd say between Sixth and Eighth. Okay. And I, I'll go what maybe Fortieth to what Forty Seventh. Maybe right. Maybe anyway. New York City in this uh, childish tantrum declared uh, a 27 square block area that basically goes from the Hudson River to the East River and six blocks north and six blocks south to be, quote, the Times Square district and declared it to be a gun-free zone, which means that even if the city of New York has issued you a concealed carry permit, you technically can't even be in a subway that's going underneath Times Square because that 27 square block area is a, is a gun-free zone. Now, um, but much to the shock and surprise of the mayor and the city council, apparently the only group of people who are, have been complying with that new law about no guns are people they have issued concealed carry permits to. Um, 
as evidenced by thugs continuing to shoot each other within that 27 square block area with the most recent incident occurring yesterday when a thug at 11 o'clock at night very busy time pulled out a gun and shot and wounded three others right in the right smack in the center of times square and this is not the first second or third shooting that's occurred in that times square so um yep mayor you got it right um concealed Which, people what go ahead so so you said in addition to the blocks, and I, I thought I was being generous by giving. So I said between sixth and eighth, and I was going to go five blocks north and south. So that's like a 10 block radius. I was given it. And I thought I was being generous, but you just said about the subways underneath Times Square. Yep. Now Grand Central is just what a block over to the, to the East. Yeah. And you've got pretty much every major subway route going in and out of Grand Central. It's basically, they basically said to people that they had to give concealed pair. If you want to go anywhere in New York, in other words, if you want to go north, south, east, west, you know, 99 times out of 100, you're going to have to transit that area that we've defined as the Times Square District. And therefore, if you're going to travel anywhere in the city of New York, uh, other than Wall Street, you cannot have your gun with you. And of course, the thugs are paying attention to that, right? That, that's so. Yeah. So they're right. all law abiding citizens, right? Right. And they are continuing to shoot each other within that gun free zone on a regular basis. The most recent one being yesterday. If you, if you doubt me, just Google shooting in Times Square and uh, set your time filter to one week and you'll get that story. If you set your time filter to the past year, you'll get a dozen stories of people being shot in Times Square. None of them being shot by a concealed carry, by a licensed concealed carry holder because they're not permitted to bring their guns. All right. Um, you know, I call this the situation, I, and, I, and I call it stories you won't see on TV. Um, and certainly taxpayer relief shots, you know, the media never broadcast, never airs those. Um, but here's a tragic one, and the officer is still fighting for his life. But I want, but I know, I, I checked, this did not make the national news anywhere. In New Mexico, um, two days ago, at two o'clock in the morning, an officer saw a car driving with no headlights and no taillights, so he pulls the driver over. Driver flee, uh, fled the vehicle on foot, and the officer gave chase. Now, remember, this is at 2 o'clock in the morning. Shortly after the chase began, the suspect, unknown to the uh, officer, the suspect turned and shot the officer in the face with a sawed-off shotgun, which, of course, is illegal, that he'd been carrying and concealing, and the officer in critical condition. Now, what makes this incident even more egregious? In January of this year, this same suspect was arrested after engaging in another gunfight with other officers during a prior violent incident. So seven months ago, this guy who shot the officer in the face with a shotgun was arrested uh, after engaging in a gunfight with police. My question is, what was this guy doing back out on the street? What were the district attorney and the judge who granted him jail uh, bail thinking any any thoughts you know we are seeing more and more stories about these district attorneys letting these felony felony cases go and the, again we talk about this all the time with voting that you're you're letting your this is where you vote for your district attorney and your judge and they're letting these these hardened criminals these felons back out on the street Remember, we These things about, should not be happening. It should not. This guy should have not been back on the street. If you engage in gunfight in a gunfight with police, I mean, a gunfight is basically attempted murder. So this guy was basically attempting to kill not one, but several cops in January. And here he is back out on the street. And basically they said, OK, hey, you missed the first time. You know, here's a second chance. 
And uh, this, remember about four months ago, we talked about the story up in Rochester where they had, where they offered the guy, the school janitor who had raped the four-year-old, nine-year-old girl. Yeah. They, they gave him um, uh, nine months in county jail and and uh, not having to register as a sex offender as a plea deal. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, unexcusable. Yeah. Uh, it just, 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 I shake my head and I hope the voters of this country pay attention. And that's why I do these story i that's why i do that's one of the reasons i do the podcast is to educate people that just don't look at the top of the ballot look at who's running for judge look at their records look at the district attorneys uh because in, in in new york i think we did another one where a guy killed a cop he's it was a uh, he set up a fake sale of a used car like for six thousand dollars he said cash only you know bring bring cash so an off-duty cop showed up and this guy who was a guy i think he had 31 prior the guy was 34 years old with 31 prior arrests um was armed with it so here's a convicted felon 31 prior arrests 34 years old shot and killed an off-duty cop who came to buy a used car my question is if you're 34 years old with 31 prior arrests why are you on the street yeah right all right all right so have you ever heard of the international mathematics olympiad i have well, the the results came in. By the way, People's Republic. It was it was all six person teams. It was twenty countries: People's Republic of China, United States, Korea, Romania, Canada, Japan, but blah blah Turkey. Uh, each team had six people. Republic of China came in first with six gold. Um, United States came in second with five gold and one silver, which is nice to know that we scored at least in the top two. Yeah, I was pleased to see we came in second place. But here's the thing that's interesting. So you've got 20 countries, six six persons per country, six uh, contestants per country. Of those 120 people, 119 were male and only one was female. The one female was on the Turkish team. Any mm -hmm. thoughts why males were dominating? Was that sexist? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I know that in some countries, you know, women are not as valued, but I, I'm surprised that in some, you know, first world countries like the United States, that there wasn't a woman on the team and even korea south korea you know women in south korea and, and canada mm -hmm. i mean only only one woman from one country and that one woman was from turkey so i'm just yeah. stunned i don't know if something in in uh but and then you go back to the movie was it hidden numbers hidden figures about the two yeah oh yeah um oh i can't i'm blanking on that guy's name a beautiful mind no no well that's richard fine i'm talking about the the two black women who helped cal calculate the uh remember the apollo moonshot oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh i'm blanking on the name of that yeah yeah but yeah richard Feynman is the guy you're thinking of uh-huh but no but the two in hidden figures that was the two black women who calculated by hand the trajectory to get us to get us to the moon and back but anyway so that was just just of note um anyway i know we're running out of time so let's talk about our taxpayer relief shot, which I think is a classic. And let's hope I can get this. This is from Waco, Texas. A guy's in, in a hotel. He's It's three o'clock in the morning and he's awakened by shouting and screaming in the hallway outside his hotel room. And we call them taxpayer relief shots. Do I have enough time to do the intro or not? I think so. All right. Let me see if I can just find why we call him a taxpayer relief shot, because when the when a good guy or a good woman with a gun shoots and kills a thug, you save the taxpayers' money. Here's how the sheriff of Santa Rosa County, uh, Florida, describes it. Hang on, let me get this to play for me. 
somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Hopefully, you'll save the taxpayers' money. And again, this is uh, people uh, exercising their God-given and constitutional right to defend themselves and the lives of others um, from death or serious bodily injury at the, at the hands of thugs. And here we go. Waco, Texas. These departments, they were busy tackling crime this past weekend. Fox 44's Renako G spoke with the Waco Police Department to learn more about a fatal hotel shooting. This past weekend, an altercation ensued between five people here at the Hotel Indigo, leading to the death of one man. On Saturday, July 15th, around 3.15 in the morning, Waco PD officers arrived at the Hotel Indigo and found a man with one gunshot wound. First responders performed life-saving measures and transported the man to the hospital, where he later died of his injuries. Public information officer with the Waco Police Department, Sierra Shipley, shares the events that led to the fatality. The male with the gunshot wound in the beginning had an altercation with between himself and three other females. When a male guest staying at the hotel heard the argument and went to help the women. Police say the initial aggressor then attacked the man who was trying to help. The first man started to attack the man that was asking if anyone needed any help and uh, had choked him and so that's when the man who was trying to help in the beginning ended up shooting and killing the individual involved. Investigators with the Waco Police Department interviewed everyone involved and have not made an arrest at this time. This incident is still under investigation as this marks the seventh homicide for the city of Waco this year. In Waco, Renaco G, Fox 44. So what do you think? Justifiable shooting? Yeah. You know, when are people learn that people in Texas really like their guns? They do. Texas, by the way, has one of the highest household rates of, of gun ownership. And by the way, and I, as you know, I've got business in Texas. I work with a couple of companies down there and, um, and a couple of guys, uh, whenever I get a ride, they pick me up at the airport. They're driving their pickup trucks. And I have yet to, I always ask because I know, I know the answer is going to be yes. I always ask them, so what kind of gun are you carry in? I don't I don't say, are you carrying a gun? I mm. ask what kind of gun. And some they say, well, I got this one in the console and I got an, I got this one in the back seat or something. So uh, I've not I've yet to be in a in a pickup truck in Texas that doesn't have at least one handgun in it. So uh, thugs in Texas be warned. Now, it may be a little different in places like downtown Houston. Mm -hmm. But if you're out in Waco, you're out in Midland, Odessa, um, you trust me, if you, if you, and I think last week it was San Antonio, the guy had to drive up ATM, right? They tried to rob him at yeah. the ATM and he, and he dropped two of them. So, I mean, I just assume that everybody in Texas has a gun on them or um, in the vehicle or in the, certainly in their house. Well, you, I, you'd be right more times than you'd be wrong. And I can, I can speak from, uh, I can speak from experience on that. All right. Anything you want to add before we wrap up? Nope. Oh, I think for a, a coming up session uh, with the humidity we've been having is about this, the difference between like, uh, what is it? The wet bulb and the wet bulb, dry bulb. Yeah. And the this real field temperature that we're experiencing. Okay. We'll remind me to do that. And we'll talk about wet bulb, dry bulb and, and humidity and, and all that good stuff. All right. It's been earth. miserable over here. <laughs> all right. All right. A little earth science. All right. Anyway, I want to thank all of you who listen to this podcast for giving up 30 minutes out of your busy day to listen to me ramble on about the things I find of interest and importance. Hope you found them as interesting as I did. And if so, I hope you continue to listen in the weeks and months to come. If you want to see some of the materials and story links you heard me talk about today, you can find them on the Jersey Joe website at 
jerseyjoe.com. Again, spelled J-E-R as in Robert, Z as in zebra, E-E, J-E-R-Z-E-E, jerseyjoe.com. Um, and if you want to email me, just email at joe at jerseyjoe.com. And other than the, and with that, uh, unless you've got something to add, we'll say goodnight. Anything Thank that you, you want to add? All right. Producer Susan, good night. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.